The service of prayer and preaching for the 15th Sunday after Trinity, September 25th, 2022. The opening hymn is LSB 869, With the Lord Begin Your Task. Begin your task, Jesus will direct it. For his aid and counsel ask, Jesus will perfect it. Every morn with Jesus rise, and when day is ended, in his name then close your eyes, be to him commanded. Let each day begin with prayer, praise and adoration. On the Lord cast every care, he is your salvation. Morning, evening, and at night, Jesus will be near you, save you from the tempter's might, with his presence cheer you. With your Savior at your side, foes need not alarm you. In his promises confide, and no ill can harm you. All your trust and hope repose in the mighty Master, who in wisdom truly knows how to stem disaster. If your task be thus begun, with the Savior's blessing, safely then your course will run toward the promised pressing. Good will follow everywhere, while you here must wander. At last the joy will share in the mansions yonder. Thus, Lord Jesus, every task be to you commanded. May your will be done, I ask, until life is ended. Jesus, in your name be gone. Be the day's endeavor, grant that it may well be done, to your praise forever. This is the day which the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. From the rising of the sun to its setting, the name of the Lord is to be praised. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. Make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Sanctify us in your truth. Your word is truth. From the rising of the sun to its setting, 
The name of the Lord is to be praised. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. With joy will you draw water from the wells of salvation, and you will say in that day, give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the peoples, Proclaim that his name is exalted. The Lord God is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. Sing praises to the Lord, for he has done gloriously. Let this be made known in all the earth. Shout and sing for joy, O inhabitants of Zion, for great in your midst is the Holy One of Israel. The Lord God is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. Glory be to the Father, in the beginning, is now and will be forever. Amen. The Lord God is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. reading from 1 Kings, the 17th chapter. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow there to feed you. So he arose and went to Zarephath, and when he came to the gate of the city, behold, a widow was there gathering stubble. And he called to her and said, Fetch me a little water in a vessel that I may drink. So she went to fetch it, and he called to her and said, Fetch to me a morsel of bread in your hand. And she said, As the Lord your God lives, I have no baked bread, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little oil in a jug. And now I am gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son, that we may eat it and die. Elijah said to her, Do not fear. Go and do as you have said, but first make me a little cake of it and bring it to me, and afterward make something for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, The jar of flour shall not run out, and the jug of oil shall not lack, until the day that the Lord sends rain upon the earth. And she went and did as Elijah said. And she and he and her household ate for many days. The jar of flour did not run out, and the jug of oil did not lack, according to the word of the Lord that he spoke by Elijah. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The introit is verses from Psalm 86. 
Incline your ear, O Lord, and answer me. Save your servant who trusts in you, you are my God. Be gracious to me, O Lord, for to you do I cry all the day. Gladden the soul of your servant, for to you, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. Give ear, O Lord, to my prayer. Listen to my plea for grace. But you, O Lord, are a God merciful and gracious. Turn to me and be gracious to me. Give your strength to your servant. Save the son of your maidservant. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning is now and will be forever. Amen. Incline your ear, O Lord, and answer me. Save your servant who trusts in you. You are my God. Be gracious to me, O Lord, for to you do I cry all the day. A reading from Galatians chapters 5 and 6. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks he is something, when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one test his own work, and then his reason to boast will be in himself alone, and not in his neighbor." for each will have to bear his own load. One who is taught the word must share all good things with the one who teaches. Do not be deceived, God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A reading from Matthew, the sixth chapter. Jesus said, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? 
Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Continue with the common responsory on page 263. Forever, O Lord, your word is firmly set in the heavens. Lord, I love the habitation of your house and the place where your glory dwells. Blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. Lord, I love the habitation of your house and the place where your glory dwells. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. Lord, I love the habitation of your house and the place where your glory dwells. We continue with the Ten Commandments, the Apostles' Creed, and the Lord's Prayer. You shall have no other gods. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Honor your father and your mother. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his manservant or maidservant, his ox or donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbor. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the holy Christian church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father, and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Jesus says, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. He then uses the flowers and the birds as our schoolmasters. It is the simple birds and the fragile flowers that become the teachers for us who place too much trust and strength within ourselves. We make our knowledge and our strength idols. And Jesus humbles us with simple flighty birds and delicate flimsy flowers. What is it that causes us anxiety? Is it not most often tied to things of our mind and our bodies? Our minds spin on knowledge that we don't have or with knowledge we have but don't know what to do with it. Our bodies cannot do things we want them to or no longer do the things they once could and we struggle with losing independence. Today's gospel lesson is a blunt reminder of our dependence. Uh, 
which is actually a gift of God. When Jesus tells us not to be anxious, he is warning us against idolatry. Idolatry is the worship of a false god. From the first commandment, we recall that a god is whatever you fear, love, and trust in most. So if you fear, love, and trust in the Lord, then your God is true. But if you fear, love, and trust in anything else more than God, that makes you an idolater. Sadly, that list is quite long and includes anything and everything that is not God. Knowledge, strength, political ideologies, money, work, family, friends, power, leisure, and the list can go on and on. Many of these things on this list are compiled into the God known as Mammon. Jesus tells us that we cannot serve both God and Mammon. Mammon is wealth and earthly things like money, goods, and property. Mammon is a false god and an easily identifiable one. People fear love and trust in it. They fear not having enough money. They're afraid of not having enough stuff. They will not only monopolize their time serving the purpose of securing money and stuff, they will also clamor and fend off others for it. They will use it, even the thought of it, to strong-arm others or to instill fear in others, to motivate others towards their own selfish ends. People love money and the things that it can buy. With the adjustment this week to inflation and the pinch on families' buying power, the God of Mammon loudly calls this week in many homes. Money is often loved and trusted in by constant devotion. How many will have apps tracking their money usage and keep diligent track of their checkbook balances and investments? Compare that to the time and effort given to the pursuit and strengthening of faith in God, and the law condemns us all. Mammon is not a kind and loving God. It's cold and heartless. It'll help the thief just as well as it helps the honest worker. It doesn't satisfy. The more you get, the more you want. It perishes, and so does everything that money can buy. At the end of the day, it needs to be recognized that the religion of mammon is a religion of works. It leaves uh, to promises. It leaves no promises of continued grace. It promises no peace. It leaves its followers in constant anxiety of not having enough or going to extreme lengths to keep what you have. For these reasons and more, Jesus calls those who worship mammon to recognize its idolatry and return to the one true God. When Jesus says, do not be anxious, he is telling you to stop serving and worshiping mammon. God is the God of peace, not the God of anxiety. Instead of worshiping a false god, which will fail you and will only make you more and more anxious, worship the one true God who provides for all your needs. We learn to confess in our small catechism, I believe that God has made me and all creatures, that he has given me my body and soul, eyes, ears, and all my members, my reason and all my senses, and still takes care of them. He also gives me clothing and shoes, food and drink, house and home, wife and children, land, animals, and all I have. He richly and daily provides me with all that I need to support this body and life. He defends me against all danger and guards and protects me from all evil. All this he does only out of fatherly divine goodness and mercy, without any merit or worthiness in me. For all this it is my duty to thank and praise, serve and obey him. This is most certainly true. 
Mammon does not promise any of that. God may use money or family or friends to provide some of those things, but the promise does not rest on those things. The promise is dependent on God. To show this dependence in the fulfillment of God's promise, Jesus bids us to look at the birds. They neither toil nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet our Heavenly Father feeds them. No one will argue this fact. We have a feeder outside our dining room window, which the squirrels seem to love more than the birds, but we aren't the best at keeping it full. When it's empty, some of the birds will come back, but it takes a while. Even then, there don't seem to be as many. It fluctuates. The point is the birds don't rely on us to provide because they would probably starve. They instead rely on our Heavenly Father, who never fails to provide enough insects and seeds in the field. Jesus then adds an important question, are you not of more value than they? Well, are you or not? I would like to say that this should be self-evident, but we know that it isn't. For those who believe that we evolved from the primordial ooze over billions and billions of years, sharing a single-celled ancestor with all living things, they do not believe that you are more valuable than the birds. They are willing to sacrifice many people if it means the saving of one bird. We are inundated today with a reversal of the understanding of the question. Are you not more valuable than animals? The world says, no, the animals are more important than humans. Consider our current climate. Government and people fight about whether babies in the womb are actually human life or not, yet there's no argument whether a puppy inside a dog is a puppy. We're quick to protect animal babies, but not so quick to protect and defend human babies. The world is wrong, and so are all the mammon worshippers. You are vastly more valuable than many sparrows, and so are each and every one of God's human babies at all ages. God desires to feed them and clothe them as he does you. But how can you know this? How do you know that God cares for you so that you don't need to go and serve another God? The cross prominently displays the love of God in Christ Jesus for you, his children. The Son of God became incarnate of the Virgin Mary. He took on human flesh, and his little heart started beating around six weeks after his miraculous conception by the Holy Spirit. He lived the life full of temptation to anxious toil and uncertainty, and he lived it perfectly. He kept the law in every single detail. He was crucified for our transgressions. He died for our sins, our trespasses. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. The iniquities of us all were laid upon our brother Jesus, who knows our sorrows and anxieties even more intimately than we know them. Our God was crucified, and his beating heart was silenced, because he loves you. His desire is for you to be saved from sin and death and hell. He gave his entire being into death, so that you may have peace eternally. The Holy Spirit uses St. Paul to declare to us, He who did not spare his own Son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not with him graciously give us all things? God did not become a bird, or a flower. He didn't die for the plants and animals, yet he still provides for them every day, as he has from the beginning of creation, and will continue to do so until he makes the world new. How much more will God provide for you, for whom he has sent his Son to join your race and to die for you? 
How much more valuable does God find you than these countless birds and animals he faithfully feeds and cares for? Can you measure the value of God's own blood? This is why Jesus tells us to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness with the promise that all the rest will be added unto you. Death is all around. It filled our conversation at LWML on Monday. The leaves are turning and harvest is right around the corner as the plants die, leaving the grain ready to be collected. We talked about September 11th and the attacks a few weeks ago. We even have shelves and stores in the yards of many neighbors that are beginning to fill up with reminders of death. Death comes and at a time that we do not know. Mammon will not be able to help when death comes. In fact, it cannot help. After death comes judgment, and that is why we must seek the kingdom of God now while we can. But how do we find the kingdom of God? God's kingdom is not something that we must travel distant lands to find, nor can we find it by being anxious or toiling after wealth. Rather, as our small catechism says, God's kingdom comes when our Heavenly Father gives us his Holy Spirit, so that by his grace we believe his holy word and lead godly lives here in time and there in eternity. God's kingdom comes to you when he reigns as king in your heart. He does this through the power of the gospel, that good message that God forgives all your sins and gives you eternal life for Christ's sake. It is through the gospel that the Holy Spirit comes to you so that you live in God's kingdom of grace through faith. You find God's kingdom in your baptism, where scripture promises that the Holy Spirit washed you in a new birth. You find God's kingdom where Christ feeds you, his very body and blood in the Holy Sacrament, which was given up for you on the cross. You find God's kingdom wherever this gospel is preached in its truth and purity. What about his righteousness? What is God's righteousness and how can we find it? Romans 1, 16 and 17 answers us. For I am not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith. As it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. You find God's righteousness in the gospel of Christ. You receive this righteousness and make it your own when you believe in the gospel. God is telling us to seek him in the gospel of Jesus so that we know that he is our God who takes care of us yesterday, today, and forever. To live in God's kingdom of grace is to be freed from the tyranny of the false god mammon, which burdens its followers with anxiety. Yet we behave as if living in God's kingdom is a burden that we scarcely have time for. We have started catechism class for the children and with it the memorizing of Luther's small catechism. Sadly, learning the catechism by heart is a source of anxiety to some students. Why? Because we treat catechism class like it's math, science, or history class. Instead of the children seeing this as the kingdom of God and his righteousness, they see learning God's word by heart as just another deadline to repeat what the teacher says before promptly forgetting and moving on to the next subject. Our school system teaches children to be anxious mammon worshippers, toiling at a desk with hopes that they'll get paid to toil at a desk someday. And we catechize our children to be anxious mammon worshippers at home by how we behave, by what we talk about, and how we spend our time. 
This teaches our kids to toil for mammon, to be anxious about tomorrow, and to devalue God's word as something not profitable to the aim of gaining wealth. But we should not treat the catechism as a textbook or going to church as a burden to be weighed against the mammon and pleasures of this life. The catechism should be our book of prayer and the subject of our conversations at dinner. We go to church to be relieved from the load of the load that mammon seeks to lay on us. God's word gives us peace. Jesus' forgiveness gives us confidence in eternal life, let alone our daily care. And will God cause his Christians to starve or go naked? Will God cause you to lose your job and livelihood if you go to church every Sunday without excuses and have devotions each day? And even if God does send such a thing, Scripture teaches us that if we have food and clothing with these, we should be content. Why? Because we know that for us who wait for the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, there is a crown of righteousness waiting for us. Brothers and sisters in Christ, he invites us today to throw off the burden laid on us by the false god Mammon and to take comfort in his promise of grace and forgiveness. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. Thus, we may sing together. What God ordains is always good, though I the cup am drinking, which savors now of bitterness I take it without shrinking. For after grief, God gives relief, my heart with comfort filling, and all my sorrow stilling. What God ordains is always good. This truth remains unshaken. Though sorrow, need, or death be mine, I shall not be forsaken. I fear no harm, for with his arm he shall embrace and shield me. So, to my God, I yield me. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. We sing hymn LSB 760, What God Ordains is Always Good.
God ordains is always good, is loving what attends me. No poison can be in the cup that my physician sends me. My God is true each morning new, I trust his grace unending, my life to him commending. What God ordains is always good, he is my friend and father, he suffers not to do me harm, Though many storms may gather, now I may know both joy and woe, some day I shall see clearly that he has loved me dearly. What God ordains is always good, though I the I take it without shrinking, for after grief God gives relief, my heart with comfort filling, and all my sorrows stilling. What God ordains is always good, this truth remains unshaken. Though sorrow, need, or death be mine, I shall not be forsaken. I fear no harm, for with his arm he shall embrace and shield me. So to my God I yield me. In peace let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the gift of divine peace and of pardon with all our heart and with all our mind, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the holy Christian church, here and scattered throughout the world, and for the proclamation of the gospel and the calling of all to faith, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For this nation, for our cities and communities, and for the common welfare of us all, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For seasonable weather and for the fruitfulness of the earth, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those who labor, for those whose work is difficult or dangerous, and for all who travel, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all those in need, for the hungry and homeless, for the widowed and orphaned, and for all those in prison, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the sick and the dying, and for all those who care for them, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Finally, for these and for all our needs of body and soul, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. O Lord, we implore you, let your continual pity cleanse and defend your church. 
And because she cannot continue in safety without your aid, preserve her evermore by your help and goodness. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Blessed Lord, you have caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning. Grant that we may so hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, that by the patience and comfort of your holy word, we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. I thank you, my Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger. And I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings in life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Almighty and merciful Lord, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, bless and preserve us. Amen. We sing hymn LSB 728, How Firm a Foundation.
but I am with you, O oh, be not dismayed, for I am your God, and will still give you aid. I'll strengthen you, help you, and cause you to stand, upheld by my righteous omnipotent hand. The soul that on Jesus has leaned for repose, I will not, I will not desert to his foes. That soul, though all hell should endeavor to shake, I'll never, no, never, no, never forsake. When through fiery trials your pathway will lie, my grace all-sufficient will be your supply. The flames will not hurt you, I only design your dross to consume and your gold to refine. Throughout all their lifetime my people will prove my sovereign, eternal, unchangeable love. And then when gray hairs will their temples adorn, like lambs they will still in my bosom be born.